My name is Ian Campbell McKenna, and in this Procurement in 5 Minutes, I promise to tackle some of the biggest challenges and also answer the questions that our profession and our industry face on a day-to-day basis. Welcome back, everybody. Now, today we've got a very special show. I would call it spontaneous and off the cuff. We're going to stretch the conversation today with Gerald Cardillo. He's the VP of Global Procurement at Charles River Laboratories. Before I formally introduce our guest today, I'm sure we've all heard of AstraZeneca, Shering Plough, Philip Morris. These are a few globally recognised brands that Gerald's vision and his leadership have transformed procurement from a back office function into strategic high-profile enterprise resource. Of the many challenges organisations are facing today, inflation and compensation, probably two of the top concerns for the C-suite and CPOs, especially in today's volatile economy. However, when it comes to talent acquisition and retention, is compensation inflation on the radar screen? Now, in today's extended version of Procurement in 5 Minutes podcast, Jared Cardillo will answer the question, why does it cost too much to be a procurement professional today? Great to have you on the show today, Jared. Ian, it's really great to be on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. We all talk about the war on talent and the talent crisis, etc. I think now... Even more so, procurement needs to take into consideration that we are going through a seismic change in the economy, rising costs, high inflation, and so on and so forth. Do you think if we drill down into procurement, is procurement's war on talent really addressing the inflation aspect? That's obviously going to depend on on the individual company. But successful companies, I think, are addressing it. I don't think the broader market is. So you have a significant rise in costs, which is also impacting the procurement function, right? So these are rising costs for companies to operate, which is procurement's wheelhouse. So that raises the need for procurement. Those rising costs also impact the individuals. That's going to need to be addressed in your compensation budgets for staffing. And the supply chain disruptions, as well as the number of folks who have left the workforce during COVID, all are contributing to rising costs of procurement and challenges in talent acquisition. I think the days of an inexpensive procurement resource that is a fairly common resource that's easy to find, I think has disappeared with COVID. And now we have to look for different ways to identify the talent and retain it. It's funny because obviously you're based in the US and I'm here in the UK. There is quite a a disconnect between what organisations are offering versus the the cost of living. If you look at the cost of gas here in the UK, and electric have skyrocketed and cost for an average family. Whilst the government, they've put a cap on that, it's still having quite a significant impact on on everybody's household. And then on top of that, we've got rising gas prices. Sorry, I'm using that in an American terminology. You know, petrol and diesel went up in cost. When we're commuting to work, that's going to become more expensive. And then we've got a height inflation. So 
our rates for our mortgage are going to go up. So that's going to have a greater impact on our households. And then on top of that, I'm sounding all doom and gloom here. And on top of that, we also have the cost of food, which has skyrocketed because obviously all these other costs, getting a product from A to B is more expensive because the cost of diesel and petrol has went up. So it's the consumer who's obviously going to be paying more for a product. And then if you take that into talent attraction side of things, I haven't seen or the people that I've spoken to in our community haven't really seen the rise in salaries to attract people to either move from their current position or to attract new talent because that percentage doesn't really compensate for the high economic pressures that everybody's facing on a day-to-day basis. Do you think that we as procurement need to change the way that we attract talent and think, well, we have to be addressing the marketplace. We have to be addressing what is happening in the economy, what has happened around the world, and how is these rising costs affecting our talent drive? Absolutely. You say that the market is the market, and if the market isn't rising, then the folks working within that market are more or less stuck until you have one disruptor that changes the compensation model. And then it starts to snowball because if you look at what does it cost to retain talent versus what does it cost to go without the talent and then acquire the talent, train the talent in whatever specific verticals you're your organization is in, it's absurdly much more expensive than just to pay the talent that you had before they left. It will stay static until it's not, until you get a few disruptors. And so what you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of people doing role transition with less than a year or less than two years of tenure in a role. And that's incredibly disruptive, incredibly expensive. So that will then raise salaries to where that comes back down to a reasonable level of, say, 5% per annum, right? A turnover of maybe 5%. I think you're starting to see already increased turnover because people are chasing the compensation package because they need it in their private lives. There's only so much of that a company can have before they come to the realization that they have to put more money in the envelope at the end of the day. There are companies who are addressing the sky-high costs of living for people here in the UK and, you know, across the globe. We're all feeling the pinch here. But I read a really interesting article from Mark Holyoke. He was talking about companies were apprehensive of paying existing employees more money because that would have a significant impact in the organisation. But they were more than happy in paying new employees higher salaries, which is clearly going to have a detrimental impact on the existing employees, knowing that someone else came in on a higher salary banding. How can we address the rising costs for employees and how can we invest that internally? So how can we change our mindset to say, okay, well, we are paying more money for people externally to address these. How do we do that? Or should we be doing it? Well, you should. You need good talent to drive the value proposition of the procurement organization. If this was 20, 30 years ago where procurement was a more of a paper processing type of role, that level of talent 
has a lower cost. If you want upper decile, upper quartile talent, you have to pay for it. Now, you have to assess whether the talent you already have fits the bill. But there are things you can do with your existing talent, as well as the new talent that you bring in that bring value to them that's not necessarily comp, right? So are they rotating categories to broaden their horizons and their skill sets? Are you increasing both the soft and the hard skills through training and through coaching and mentoring? Are you permitting, if not partial or hybrid virtual or 100% virtual? That takes a lot of costs out of people's day. They don't have to get the dry cleaning and fill the car up with petrol and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a number of things in there. There's one quick answer, but if you look at it holistically and you say, what can we offer these folks that are attractive? You do want to bring in talent. And what we've done is we've done a very metered investment so that it wasn't a big bang impact to the P&L. We would get strong talent pay them what they need to be paid, prove out the value proposition, bring in more, prove out the value proposition, as opposed to saying, I need $10 million to build out a world-class procurement organization. Trust me, it'll pay out. Really, the world doesn't work that way, right? So you do it a little bit at a time. And as you're bringing in that higher cost talent and you're showing the value delivery and, and ROI of that talent, you've now demonstrated, all right, it makes sense. Now, you might already have that talent in-house. I don't know. But if you do, You're going to have to pay them commensurate with the talent that you've brought in. One way to kind of mitigate the cost of the new talent coming in is you hire on capability and potential upside as opposed to definitive years of experience. So get younger talent with a lot of upside. You have to train them a bit. So you have to put a good six months of investment in them before you get the value out of them. And you can bring them in at a lower cost than say, you know, folks like ourselves who are a bit longer in the tooth and have been around for a while and have those years of experience and therefore demand a, a, a higher compensation. Do you think that it's contributing to the war on talent that businesses are kind of not thinking of the of what's happening right now? and the economy, the hike in interest rates, and the hike in utilities, and the cost to an average household. Do you think they're not factoring that in? And they're maybe thinking prehistorically as far as, okay, well, we paid X for a senior person with X amount of years, so this is what we're going to pay. And they're not really addressing what's happened in the now. I do, and I think that's also fueled by increased operational costs. So there's less money to spend. And maybe with the economy, it's making top line revenue growth challenging as well. So when the money stops flowing, things start to tighten up. The only saving grace is that might pull it to the other side is that's what procurement does is lowers your operational costs. So when you come to that realization saying, hey, look, I might need to reduce my G&A costs across the organization, legal, finance, HR, procurement, then you pause and say, wait a minute, procurement are the folks who can help reduce our operational costs. And every dollar that hits that bottom line is pure is pure margin. You have a couple of conflicting things there. But yeah, I, I think it's companies are kind of constricting right now in their spending. And that's across everything because costs are going up and revenue is harder to come by. I agree. I think we're in this state of limbo where as a procurement function, we want to change. 
we are moving and we have moved from being a back-end transactional function to becoming a more strategic function. But we need to continue that momentum. But to continue that momentum, we need people who are who think like business leaders, right? And we want to be attracting people who have got that mindset, who's got a strategic mindset, who can think outside the box, who's got, as you rightly said, not only the physical skills to do the job, but also the more of the unwritten skills like your emotional intelligence, like your ability to build relationships and so on and so forth. However, to attract certain types of individuals that will help propel your business forward, that comes at a cost. And now that the the cost of living and everything else has went sky high, how do we attract these people if we don't have the budgets or we're not willing to address the rising costs, then do you not think people will move from job to job, not necessarily on what the company wants, but the attractiveness for them is purely financial? I don't think there's any panacea solution on this. We're a CRO. We compete with our customers, which is global top 20 pharma companies, and we don't have the margins they do. So how do I attract talent in that industry where I can't match the comps. I have to bring a different value proposition. So we've been very successful in getting upper decile talent by having a virtual workplace where I could hire in lower cost geographies. So I'm sure it's not a surprise to you. In the UK, you have London, Cambridge, Edinburgh, Northwest, Cheshire slash Manchester, high cost of living. Same here in the United States, San Francisco Bay Area, Thousand Oaks, California, where Amgen is, Boston, DC, New York, the New Jersey corridor, very expensive. Talent I've been hiring have been off the beaten path. And therefore, the comps that I would pay in those higher markets and get and have a lot of challenge of hiring good folks, I'm now hiring in places like Houston, Texas, Tennessee, Indiana. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, same thing with with Europe. So we're hiring folks off the beaten path, 30, 40 miles outside of Lyon, outside of Paris, outside of the major metropolitan centers in Holland, same thing in the UK. So virtual is not the 100% answer, but it does give you the opportunity to get really good talent in low cost markets. And the value proposition of where their partner can maintain their work and not have to move has a lot of value. So if you have a partner that has a career, uh, relocation is very disruptive and taking your children to a different school is very disruptive. If you can give them a value proposition that says, stay where you are, or if you're towards retirement age, go live someplace in the sun. You know, whether the you know, folks in the UK are retiring in Spain or the in the US, they're retiring in, in Arizona. We offer that option. They work from there. And, and if that helps you get to where you want to be in life, that's great. Note that the compensations aren't going to be competing with Pfizer, but we could certainly give you a very good living. And, and if you live where you live, you can't work for Pfizer. Yeah, I think it is open in the mindset to say, well, it's a bit like fishing, yeah. When you want to get your the best talent, you'll use a rod because it takes time to find, you know, your A player. But then when you open up the floodgates 
and you want to find more ambitious talent. Younger people who have left university, they want to start off their career. If you use the fishing rod, you're never going to find them. It's a bit like a trawler, trawling the bottom of the seabed to find some good talent, which I think that method does work for entry-level talent. But then if you open up the gateway to global capabilities, then it becomes incredibly powerful. But I think really it is about changing our mindset and how we attract that talent, what we do to attract that talent, what the processes we use to attract that talent, and how do we change the mindset internally. Would you agree? Not only do I agree, the fact that I'm here demonstrates how much I agree. And the reason why I say that is, is this is a tool for a company like mine that people don't recognize the name to attract talent. And they go, oh, you want to get people to think, wow, they must have a pretty good program there. If they see the job advert or if they hear that there's an opening, oh, I recognize those folks. So I really try to get my leadership team out to speak at conferences, to do post things on LinkedIn that, that are best practice, to to mentor folks. We engage with universities up and down the East Coast as individuals, depending on where we live, so that we have access to that talent. And all that kind of brings people to the door. And like I said, if you're BP or ExxonMobil or Pfizer, you're going to attract that talent just because of your name. For the rest of us, it's things like this. It's getting your name out there. It's sharing best practice. And like I said, that's the the, the broader net. And I, I'm, I happen to be a boater and a fisherman. So you, you hit me where I live with that analogy. Well, Jared, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming on to the show today. Ian, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me uh, anytime. Great insights from another one of our thought leaders. Be sure to share the link far and wide. And of course, I look forward to our next five minutes together. Bye for now and have a great and a productive day.